Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you How do I create wealth? Three important keys that can help you to create wealth. First one is financial intelligence. Financial intelligence. Number two, investments. Number three, divine favor. Investment is what we are dealing with. Seven different kinds of investments. First one is what? Human capital. You as an individual. Oprah Winfrey makes $300 million a year just because she discovered an individual potential, ability to talk. And she transformed that talking into a skill. And that is all she does. Talk. And get others to talk. Praise God. Here, talk show is in over 260 countries. 260 countries. Over 100 TV stations subscribe to her program. And they pay her to be on their TV station. She's rich. You as an individual, there is a gift and a potential God has given you that you can develop to the place where you make a lot of money. Amen? Number two, social capital has to do with how many people your life influences in your lifetime and the level of relationships and the networks that you build. There's a medical doctor by name, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson was um, the head of neurosurgeon in the best hospital in the world, John Hopkins Hospital. Yeah, he was the head of neurosurgeon till he retired. So one of the most popular persons in America today. After retirement, he's making more money now than when he was working as a medical doctor. And how does he make his money? Number one, advertising. He's so popular, every leading business organization wants to use him to advertise. Number two, he does public speaking. Public speaking. And number three, he writes books. He has written a lot of books. And you see, if you don't have social capital, you write a book, only you will read it. So your social capital is your network of relationships. And sometimes, God can just make you very wealthy in these first two places. Human capital, social capital. You have to be very careful. Not everybody will go into real estate or be very successful in the money market or very successful in the stock market or even be very successful in business. Sometimes you have to be careful how you follow people anyhow. So you can allow God to help you find your place where your money is hiding, where your money is what? Hiding in one of these places, social capital. Today, I want to talk about the third, business. What is business? Business is any organization involving commercial activity. When I say commercial activity, it, it involves buying and selling. Any activity that is embarked on by an organization that involves um, buying and selling is a business. Business is also defined as an organized effort and activity. So the important thing about business is that it has to be an organized thing. Organized means it, it brings together people, resources, strategy, and plans to produce and sell a product for profit. Organized activity. And when you study the Bible, you will see that you will not see the Bible talking directly about people 
calling them business people. But when you study the lives of people, you will see a lot of people that were involved in business and that God blessed. In fact, when you study God's pronouncement of blessings, you will see that it is as if God is encouraging people to go more into business. And today that's what I want to try to do. That everybody here want to hope that a day is coming, you can venture into one business or another. Hallelujah. Some people are just looking at me, wondering what is he talking about. But in Genesis 24, we, talk, we look at the life of um, Abraham, and we see that Abraham was a business person. He had thousands of livestock, and the purpose was not to eat them, but to sell them, to sell them. So he had employees who took care of these multitudes. Yeah, in fact, when Lot was arrested, many of you know the story when Lot was arrested, Abraham had to take 318 trained fighters from his house. That means the guy was a whole industry on his own. He was not working by himself. Look at what the, the Bible said about Abraham. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. The word servant here means employee. And the Lord has blessed my master mightily. And he has become great. And he has given him, he said, the Lord has given Abraham flocks, herds, silver, gold, men servants, maid servants, camels, and asses. Take your time and read this very carefully in today's context. When you study the Bible, you study it first to understand what it means in their time, and then you bring it to this context. Amen? Because in their time, there were no cars. There were no articulators. Camels and asses did the work of articulators and trucks. They carried loads, heavy loads over long distances across the deserts. So if you have a lot of camels, like having articulated trucks today, it was a commercial venture. Hallelujah. Now, one time you see men servants, it takes about employees. Maid servants, employees. The word employee is a new thing that came up recently in English. And remember, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew. So, God blessed Abraham with flocks. Flocks and animals. Plenty of it. Goats, sheep in thousands. So, it was a whole business to make money. And as if it's not the heads, that means a lot of cattle. Silver and gold, money. I see you blessed. I see you prosper. I see your business going forward. Amen. Let's read Genesis 26. We are very familiar with that. Genesis 26 from verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Isaac was also into business. And his business was farming and animal Husband. In fact, if you study the Bible, you realize that the predominant commercial activity in Bible days was agrarian, agriculture. Either farming or animal husbandry was the dominant, predominant commercial activity. So people do it large scale. Isaac sowed seed in that land, New King James, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Isaac sowed crops and reaped. If you read from verse 1, you remember... It was in a time of famine and hunger. So there was scarcity of food. And when there is scarcity of food, the demand goes up. Ultimately, the price goes up. Verse 13. The man began to what? Prosper. As a result of his farming activity. That means he didn't just do a small farm. Like the size of this room. That would be for domestic use. But when you are talking about 50 acres of farm, that is not possible with one individual. You have to involve other people. You have to involve employees. 
The man began to prosper. What, how did he prosper? He was selling the produce of the farming. What he reaped in verse 12, he began to sell. And he was selling in a time of hunger. That means the price was higher. So God caused his crops to grow. God gave him ideas for irrigation that made him reap a lot. And he knew how to trade well. So he began to prosper and continued prospering. That means the process was ongoing. That means after harvesting, he planted again and harvested and sowed and planted again. It was not just a one-time thing. It was a lifetime thing until he became very prosperous. And his prosperity was because of his business, his commercial activity. Verse 14. For he, he had possession of flocks. That means out a result of the farming, he began to now buy flocks. In other words, buy assets. He began to buy flocks. He had possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. I want us to look at one example in the New Testament, Luke chapter 5, from verse 2. We are very familiar with this story also. Peter. Peter was a fisherman. That's all we knew. But you study the life of these people carefully. You see that they were business people. Fishing was their business. And Peter did not have a small boat alone and was doing fishing. If you study this scripture, you'll see that Peter had people uh, with him who were working with him in the fishing business. That means that the boatyard was probably not that small. And how many of you know today that fishing is a very big business, depending on the kind of fishing boat you have? You know, you can have a canoe or you can have a fishing boat that is like five times bigger than this church premise, five times. Hallelujah. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. The fishermen, that means it was not Peter alone. That boat belonged to Peter. Verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boats. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. He said to who? He said to who? Simon, that is Peter. Peter's second name is Simon. He gave an instruction to one person. But listen to the response that Peter gave. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. That means how many were they? More than one at least. Yeah, so in Peter's boat, there was a lot of people. He was the owner of the fishing boat, but he had people who were probably employees working with him. So he was a business person because business is an organized activity of people and resources to generate a product that can be sold for profit. He said, we have taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nest. And when they, that means more than one person, had done this, what did they do? They cast the nets where Jesus said they should cut it. And they caught a great number of fish and their nets was breaking. So they signaled their Partners. That means that they even had business partners. They even had other people who were into the same kind of business. And partnership means I help you today, you help me tomorrow, isn't it? Today my boat is full. So let me help those other guys who also don't have anything. Let them come and catch. Praise God. They signaled to their partners into, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. That means Peter's own and the partner's own. So they began to sink. Before God could bless the man, he created space for God to bring the blessing 
Peter had a business, so it was easy when Jesus stepped into the boat. So when you have a business, you are creating the environment for God to step in and do what? Bring the wealth and bring the wealth. Amen. Let's read the last scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 9 from verse 21. This scripture is talking about King Solomon. King Solomon was a very, very serious business person. One of, the, one of the things he did a lot with the wisdom God gave him was he built a business. He built businesses. That's why he was the, the richest king, you know, in Israel. Amen? For the king's ships went to Tarshish. That is King Solomon's ships with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years, the merchant ships. The ships that Solomon had were not royal ships. They were merchant ships. You know what's a merchant? They are Big-time traders who don't trade in small, petty products. A merchant is the same word for an entrepreneur or a business person. For the merchant ships came bringing what? Gold, silver, ivory, apes, and monkeys. He was even trading in animals. 22. So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. He passed all the kings of the earth because... He went into entrepreneurship. He decided that I won't just be a king sitting on the throne, but I'll trade. I'll go into business. Verse 23. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom. Another line of Solomon's business was that even the wisdom God gave him, he decided to trade with it. So he was offering consultancy to head of states all over the world. They come to him. He give you wisdom. And you pay. Praise God. It's not free. Any gift and ability God gives you, you can develop it to the place where people won't just treat it cheap. That's what I mean by human capital. And the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. 24. Each man brought his present articles of silver and gold, garments, armor, spices, horses, and mules. That means when you are coming to me, Solomon, you must come well. Come loaded. Because you are coming to get world-class consultancy. 25. So Solomon had 4,000 stores for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen who he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. 26. So he reigned over all the kings from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. It is said that Solomon's kingdom was the biggest among all the kings of Israel. He stretched the kingdom end to end, had money, powerful guy. And he made his money by understanding the concept of entrepreneurship and business. What is the purpose of business? Number one, to solve problems in society. The purpose of a business is to solve problems. Everywhere you see problem, there's a business opportunity there. Yeah, that means there are business opportunities all around that because every day there are problems. Every business organization is targeting one area of problem. Banking became a part of our society because people who had plenty of money were having problems how to keep it because robbers were raiding people's homes and taking everything away. Somebody saw an opportunity said, you built a bank, bring your money there, it's safe. So banking solves problems. Hospitals are solving problems. They solve our health problems. One day, somebody saw a lot of filth in Accra, in Ghana, and he built a business to solve the problem of filth. Call it Zoom Lion. The man is rich today. Because he saw a problem nobody was willing to attend to. And everybody here under the sound of my voice, God created you 
to solve a particular problem. If you can find the problem God created you to solve, then you are a potential business person. Number two, improving living standards. So some businesses are created for luxury. That means problem has been solved, but some people have more money. They want it in a better package. So cars were manufactured to solve problems, but there are some that is not to solve problems. It's to give you comfort and luxury. To improve living standards. Somebody invented a microphone to help public speakers to speak and be heard. Yeah, but somebody has looked at the microphone. It's very inconveniencing. Long cable, crossing your legs and every time. And then somebody said, what about a microphone that will not have any cord? And then they improve on what is already existing. So businesses that are there today, but the purpose is to improve on what is already there to make living more comfortable. The purpose of business is not first money. If you build a business because of money, you will fail. It won't go anywhere. That's why greedy people can run big businesses. If you build a business, the number one focus is to solve a problem or to improve living standard. The last one is to create wealth. One of the major ways to create big, great wealth is business. Let me say today, the economy of the world is regulated by business organizations. That the reason why America remains the wealthiest nation is because of the kind of business organizations that are there. The first company to make a trillion dollars is in America, worldwide. It's called Apple. Apple was the first company to make a trillion dollars. All the big companies, they are there. Yeah, and they create wealth, and the wealth exists in the system. So business organizations, one of the major purposes is to create wealth. So business is a serious thing. It's not just petty trading. Uh, I'll come to that. There's a difference between business and self-employment. Not every self-employed person is a business owner. Yeah, there are people who don't like working for people. They, they said, uh, I don't like to be talked to anyhow. I want to work for myself. It's good. But working for yourself, you can just remain a petty trader, a one-man business owner. If your business can operate in your absence, you are not a business owner. You are a petty trader. You are a self-employed person. The kinky seller by the roadside comes early morning, 6 a.m., make food available for bachelors. Hallelujah. One bowl of kenke and fish and pepper. By 9 a.m., the kenke is finished. She counts her money and goes home, closed for the day. When she gets home, she counts how much did I get today. Then she gives out money, buy food, buy water, pay bills. And then the rest of the money, she buys corn. By the evening, they start working for the following day. That is not a business. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it is not a business. Because, you see, the day that kenke seller is sick, and you are a bachelor, you go there, you won't get kenke to eat. You will be hungry. The day that kenke seller is sick, or his child is sick, or he has a problem, there will be no kenke there because the business, the whole thing is just about him. Yeah, but there are other kenke traders in Ghana who are running a business with it because it has gone beyond one person. So there is a strategy for the business. There's a market survey to see how best to sell the kenke what are people really looking for? How can this kinky be better than other kinky sellers? How can we attract certain particular line of customers? And how can we strategically position our kinky in different places within Accra? And how can we get more people to work with it? So that kinky can be available most part of the day. So I want to say that you may be a plumber, you may be an electrician, you may be... Uh, whatever. 
Well, as long as it's, it's operating on you alone, it's not yet a business organization. And the purpose of this teaching is to help you move away from just being a petty trader. Move away from just being a self-employed person and become a business owner. To become what? A business owner. Because that is where the wealth is. Being self-employed won't give you much wealth. I mean, selling can get by the roadside. You, you, you won't make much money. I can promise you that. It is just for hand-to-mouth. It is hand-to-mouth work. And when you read the Bible, you see the people we just read about. It was not an individual little thing. I'm not saying your business cannot start small. Businesses can start small, but it must grow. And there's a process to grow in it. And that process does not involve prayer alone, please. It does not involve prayer alone. Now, for you to move your business from petty trading to a business organization, there are very important things that must, must be there. A business organization has an identity. Identity. That means a name, different from yours. As long as you keep telling your customers, I will do this, I will charge this, you are not a business owner. Business owners don't say, I will charge this or I will do this. And people can limit your commercial activity as long as it is you, all right? But when you start saying things like, my company does it this way, my company doesn't do it like this, my company doesn't do this. You see, you know, even my family members cannot get me to do certain things. I tell them, our church doesn't allow this. And I've, I've moved myself out. But if I say, I won't allow it, I'll be in trouble with a family member. Somebody thinks he's very close to me, so he wants to bend the rules. And, but as long as I can say, our church doesn't allow this. The policy of the church does not allow this. This is what the church wants us to do. So once I put the church in front, you see, you cannot deal with me directly. So give your business identity if you want it to be a business. Number two, a business plan. So for the Kenke seller, there has to be a plan to what he's doing. Now, if people don't eat Kenke by... In the afternoon, then there must be a plan. What else can I sell? What else can I do with my time? You cannot close at 9 a.m. till the following morning. There's something else you could do. That's what the planning means. Planning involves how the people come into it. What kind of people come here to eat? What are the things they like? What are the things they don't like? There has to be a plan to what you do. Planning includes other things like how you price your products. They don't want many petty traders don't make money because they don't know how to charge. Companies, they give you a bill or invoice. Individuals, oh, I'll take 500. Oh, reduce it. Oh, it's too much. Reduce it. Oh, there's no money. Okay, bring 400. No, you need to sit down one day and ask yourself, when can I make more money? And make a plan. For some of you, it will involve bringing else somebody on board who knows how to charge. All he has to come and do in that company is to charge for you. And he knows how to convince people. Hello? To convince people to buy adapt or to pay for your services at that price. But some of you won't do it because it's my business. It's my business. It's my business. Businesses have a plan. They have a human resource plan. They have, they have planned for everything. When do I need to employ people? When do I need to advertise a product? What is the best time to advertise a product? What advertising plans do I have? What is my marketing plan? How do I sell this product? How do I double profits this year? There has to be a plan. Business organizations have plans and they work at it. Three, business strategy. I won't talk much about that. Number four, business organization. One of the important things I've said already about business is that it involves other people. It involves what? Other people. Because it's an organizational thing. 
Business, entrepreneurship is not a one-man activity. It's an organizational thing. So if you cannot build an organization, you can't you can run a big business. So your little plumbing work should grow into an organization. And it can. It can. Independent of any one individual, I've said about that. Formality in transactions. Yeah. Business organizations are very formal. Yeah. This is company policy. That is it. Take it or leave it. This is how we do it. Sustainability and predictability. That means the owner is there or is not there. The business is working. Standardized operations. So this is what separates between a petty trader who is self-employed and a business owner. Keys to starting a business. Number one, turn your skill into products that solve relevant problems. One of the important keys to, to starting a business is ask yourself, what am I good at doing? And how can I turn into a business? Amen. Yeah, Solomon did that. Solomon said, I'm wise, and I can give counsel, and it's so outstanding. So let me make money with it. So there are many medical doctors who have built very big private hospitals just by the fact that they are very good doctors. They decided they will not work for anybody. They build great hospitals. That's what I mean. Turning your individual gifts. There are many good lawyers who have built law firms. There are lawyers, good lawyers who work as employees for their lifetime until they died. When you hear of companies like uh, KPMG, it's an accounting firm, it started with one accountant. You can be an accountant, a good one, who work as an employee for the rest of your life, or start an accounting firm. Time will not permit me to tell you the stories of people. Company like Adidas, it started with a guy who was an athlete, and he didn't like the way the ground has been punishing his feet. So he went to talk to one shoemaker, who they can do something for him that can help him run. Out of that, little by little, he started doing it to sell to other colleague athletes. So Adidas is one of the biggest and richest sports organizations in the world. Microsoft. It's a company today that started with an individual, Bill Gates. He realized he was very good in developing a software. For your information, Bill Gates tried to sell this product to IBM, and they refused to buy it. And thank God they did. It was when they refused to buy it that he said, okay, then I'll try and develop it and sell it myself. Today, Microsoft is one of the biggest and the wealthiest business organizations in the world. So your individual gift, as in you as a person, whether you are a teacher, you can become an educationist and build schools. Whatever you do here, you can build a business around what you do. And you Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.